want to uh, take this time, and, and we'll just see how we go, but um, one of the, 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 the themes that, that God spoke to me about was faith, as I said this morning. Um, and I want to just unpack uh, this whole thing called faith and the statement from Romans 10:17, which, you know, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And we go, yeah, and then we live our lives. And the, I guess the question is, do we live our lives by faith? And so what is this faith that, that, that the Bible talks about? And Because uh, Paul said, uh, I've let go of an old life and I'm living my new life in the flesh and this physical, in this physical suit by faith. Um, and um, so just go with me. Uh, once I said, like I said, because some of the things that I want to unpack um, within that is, uh, I believe there's a, there's a certain kind of faith that needs to be administered and we need to come into, which the Bible speaks of. Um, there's obviously a certain type of hearing that's required because faith comes by hearing. And then there's a certain type of word that produces this faith, which I guess comes from uh, a certain speaking or being able to see it that the Holy Spirit brings us into um, because there's a desired outcome and not that we chase outcomes but we see outcomes and as we seek him as being talked about if he is the source then as we seek the source come into the source we live out the outcome um, and I think uh, just at the end of that session I think the question and if you're taking notes, I would, I'd write this down, which defines this whole relationship by love and function thing, is I think the question we need to ask ourselves is, who do you want us to become? Rather, what do you want us to do? That sends us on really two different pathways. Who do you want us to become? Knowing that we are sons, but then living from the reality of sonship. It's easy to say I'm a son and then live as a slave, isn't it? And there's a disconnect, and that's the thing, and that's what I was saying, I was saying last Sunday, is that we've only taught half-truths, and we need to teach the whole truth. And so what I say I am... I live from. And uh, I believe faith is a substance that you live from. And once we discover who God's calling us to become, then naturally will flow the doing. And you'll know how to do the doing. And so we won't ask questions around how do I do because we'll know how to do because we know who we are. I don't think Jesus... Asked his father how I do stuff. He knew how to do it because he was it. And when you are it, you know. And um, I get the tension in that. But it's a spirit journey we're on, isn't it? It's not a fleshly journey. It's one of the spirits. So we must understand the things of the spirit. We've been given the Holy Spirit to understand the ways of the spirit. The life in the spirit. The truth which defines out of the spirit the spirit of truth, the word of truth. Um, it does what it says it does. You know, we don't, we don't have to wrestle with that. It does what it says it does. It's whether we're, we are as a people dieting on the truth. And um, I was talking with Tash again just before, and I, and I said, oh, you know, like, if you, what are we eating? If we look at our lives, and we talked about before about, we're being called to a greater reality, then what are we dieting on? Do we have the life that we want from our current food source? You know, so if, if, if the word does what it does and we're not eating the word, then we're probably getting the results of the food source that we're eating. And there's only one person responsible for that and that's us. And so... Um, you know, once again, there's this incredible reality. I, I don't the words, you know, dimension, truth that that God wants us to wrestle for, um, that He brings us into. So, 
Who do you want us to become, Lord? It's just going to be to Habakkuk 2, verses 4. Habakkuk. 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 It is after... Nahum, and before Zephaniah, page 1,313. <laughs> 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 so Habakkuk 2 verse 4 says this, Behold, as for the proud one, his soul is not right within him. But the righteous will live by his faith. As for the proud one, his soul is not right within him, but the righteous will live by faith. God's been speaking to me about blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. And the the proud heart, Uh, is in opposition to the poor in spirit heart. And it says here that, that someone who is proud in their soul, sorry, the proud one, the soul is not right. Mm. So what's the soul? It's mind, it's my will, it's my emotions. So they're not right in a proud person. Are we proud? Do we consider ourselves proudful? Do we have pride? And ultimately, the answer to that question is yes. We all are because we're born from the spirit of pride. It's called the flesh. And pride wants to stay in control. So ultimately, pride is found, uh, or, or, or fear comes from pride. Why? Because you're trying to stay in control. And you don't trust God can actually do what God says he's going to do. And you can't trust him with your life, so you're trusting yourself, so you're, pr- you're proud. See, it's, it's all interlinked, this thing, isn't it? And we probably think pri- people that are proud, we probably have a picture of them. Oh, that's those people. They're so far up themselves and they're trying to make themselves look whatever ABC. But the reality is we've all inherited the spirit of the flesh or this flesh suit, which means pride has to be outworked within us. And those who are yet to enter into the fullness or come into more of him are going to live from the state of being prideful. Which, as I said, ultimately, you're not living by faith. You're living by fear. Because the opposite of faith is fear. And we're to be a people of faith. And it says that the righteous live by faith. So once again, what is this this thing called faith? Because by his blood we belong. And so as we belong, as we believe, our behavior shifts. That's what I was sharing with the men, is that we, we have to come into, we have to understand this, this reality of the truth. That it was, it's been mentioned that, that we are righteous by his blood, not by our behavior. And as that hits us more and more, then we start to believe in the fullness of who we're called to be and what he says about us and what is for us. And then our behavior naturally will shift itself and we'll start living lives of righteousness by faith. Okay, so let's go to Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2 verse 20. Because as we know, there's faith, hope, and love to which the greatest is love. So 
this the substance called faith is one of the, the top three things that the Bible speaks of. And so really it's essential we actually understand what it is and get a biblical understanding of it and from it and have it administered to us. So Galatians 2 verse 20, it's an awesome passage with Paul. I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live. That's a powerful statement, isn't it? See, I is wrapped up in pride, and I must be put to death continuously through the seeking of more of him. So I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. The man used to live by faith in himself. The man's whole life was defined by what he thought he knew. So his faith wasn't in God. He may have thought it was, but his life demonstrates where his faith was. And if there's any one person who I think is is an incredible picture demonstration of who we are not to be and who we're to be, it's Paul. I believe that's why he's there. He's, He's this picture of everything that man is, and everything who man is called to be in the spirit as a son. And so he, he is declaring his reality all the time. You know, he says things like, life was rubbish compared to what I now know. That's to be our reality as well. The more that we partake of him, you're able to go, why was, I, why, why was I so into that? Anyone else? It's like I used, to, I used to go nightclubbing like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, man. Mainly Friday, Saturday as well. And it used to be cool. <laughs> I'd be down at Dockside, having a cool party, dancing, you know. And now it just has no, I have no appetite for that. And yet once upon a time in my life, man, I was like, I was, I was going out at 11 o'clock. I'm going to bed at 11 o'clock. <laughs> I was going out, coming home, I remember going downtown. It was awesome, eh? You know, it was like, man, I stayed out till the sun came up and there was that club on Kent Terrace. I can't remember what it's called, the dungeon or something. And I come out and it's like, wow, this is cool. I look back now and I go, what an idiot. And I look and I go, what was ever so attractive about that now that I have another reference point? See, if I don't have another reference point, I'm probably still down at the clubs doing my thing thinking it's cool. But once you taste of something else, you lose your appetite for that. And life was rubbish compared to this. And faith, as we're going to look at, it says it's the assurance of what you hope for and it's the conviction of things that are unseen. So faith is able to see things that others can't see, receive it and have whatever it's seen and received go to work which creates a new hunger. And now I want to start dieting on the new hunger. And it shifts the direction of my life. Does that make sense? So no longer do I have an appetite for this, whatever that is. I have a greater appetite for him. There's nothing wrong with whatever that is. There's nothing wrong with going to a nightclub and having a good boogie. and Nothing wrong with that stuff. 
I mean, there's certain things that, as we know, can you can get caught up in, but in itself, there's nothing wrong with that. But faith enables change and it enables transformation because we're able to see the fullness of something. And this is what Paul is saying. He said, I used to diet and I used to study under Gamaliel. And I was besotted and I was the Pharisee of Pharisees. I was the Hebrew of Hebrews. I was studying. I was well ahead of my counterparts. I was on this journey to come into all this stuff. And then I was taking all that stuff and I was persecuting the church. And I was, I was doing all in the name of the Lord. And I was like, I look at me and I'm going to do this. And in a day and a moment in time, he encounters, as we know, the truth. And he's spun around 180 degrees and starts walking another way. And the things, the very things, he, as we know, he's persecuting, he now is living for. Why? Because he's had an encounter with the living word and now he's living this out by faith, this journey of ultimately, I'm going to read this out because I just want to get these words down. Paul is saying, I live my life from an absolute assurance and knowing of who Jesus is, who he is, who he is in Christ, and the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge in relation to God's purposes for himself and his church. So Paul is saying this, the life that I now live by faith is this, I live my life with an absolute assurance of knowing who Jesus is, who I am in him, what he has accomplished and the knowledge and the wisdom of the treasures that Colossians 2, 2 talks about that are contained in him, I'm coming into more of that, and I live from that reality. So faith no longer this abstract, wishful thinking thing that hopefully I'm going to get by-by. It's a living substance that I've seen because it's the conviction of things unseen, it's the knowing, it's the assurance of things I'm hoping for. I've seen it, I've received it by faith, and the power of that work is realigning me, and it's a substance now within me. Does that make sense? So now I live from or by faith. And that very thing is starting to define the challenges, the trials, the circumstance, the situations, what comes after me. So then I am more than an overcomer. So I overcome those things because I have a substance now within me which I've been living from. So I can go into a promised land, see what everyone else sees, and know that they're in trouble and I'm not. Because I'm living from a new reality. My life is being defined by a conviction of something that is unseen, but seen. It's a bit crazy, isn't it? But it's possible in him because we have to see in the spirit and hear in the spirit. Through God revealing these things in us. And Paul's saying, I'm living my life from this reality, and it's found in him. I tried to live it in me, and it got me going the complete opposite way. And I had an encounter, and that has continued to grow as I've sought him. I believe when he went on that journey for three years after that initial encounter, I believe he's, he's and God is revealing and revealing to him. He says, I've seen revelations I can't even speak about. So there's this spirit, spirit. The Holy Spirit is now in Paul. He's baptized in the spirit and the spirit is teaching Paul. And he's the spirit is teaching that in him, to him, through him. And so he's now able to see. That's why he's, he is the, 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 the chief apostle, the, the, um, you know, the master builder. Because he's in a reality. He's living from a reality and he can declare it. It's living and he's living by faith. It's not this, oh, look, I hope God you're going to come through for me. I hope you make it. I reckon, and this is what, you know, I'm just going to shoot off the hip a little bit so it might not be technically accurate, but from the sense of I think we, we confuse trust and faith. I think we need to trust God while faith is being outworked. 
And as we trust God, faith is formed. So we live from faith. From the substance that we know. I know this chair is going to support my weight, so I stand on it. Why? Because I know I have faith, and so it's active. And I live from what's active. Is that clear? Someone we looking a little bit cross-eyed? Okay. Faith is able to see the unseen realm and receive it and live from the things in this unseen realm. Come with me to 2 Corinthians 4. Two Corinthians four verse sixteen. Have you guys ever taken the time to ask yourself how someone can go from hating the thing he's now laying his life down for? How do you go from one person who's so passionately against the church to laying your life down for her? Like, woke up on a Monday and thought it'd be a good idea? Something pretty dramatic has to happen, eh? For you to go from one reality to another. And this is what we're talking about. This is, this, is, this is what truth does. This is what Jesus does. This is what the person does. You literally are being changed. And so the things you would never perceive as being a reality now is. So when I, I read this, I go, Therefore we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, Yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. Do you know what happens when your inner man is being renewed day by day? Through the power of the Spirit, through the power of truth. You're able to say these words. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. How do you say that? Especially from the place he's been. So, how many people know some of the things he's talking about? Who can give me some of the things that he's talking about when he says, momentary light affliction? What were some of the things that Paul went through? Shipwrecked. Flogging. How many times was he flogged? He was whipped 39 times on his back, five times. Jail. He was stoned. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like it's not like, oh, yeah, I sort of tripped over something and banged my head. This guy has gone through the ringer, and he's able to say, it's light affliction. John, it's light affliction. <laughs> Imagine falling off your motorbike and breaking your leg, breaking your arm, your, your leg somewhere it shouldn't be. Oh, well. Flesh wound. <laughs> Your hand. This man's munted his hand. Oh, well, it's just a flesh wound. You know, my finger shouldn't do that, but wow, look at that. And he's saying here, momentary light affliction. Why? Because the inner man is going from one measure of something to another. So my inner world is now defining my outer world. Why? Because I've got this thing called faith. See, I've got a substance of something that's living in me, and it speaks. It speaks to whatever's coming. And it just speaks to it, and it overcomes it. It doesn't get taken out by what's coming. It speaks to it. Now, I'm not talking about claim it and grab it stuff. I'm talking about having the work done in you so when you speak, you speak the actual word, not you're scrambling around and there's no faith attached to what you're saying. So there's really no authority to what you're saying. It's a completely different way of what we've been taught. 
This is a completely different way to what we've been taught. I'm trying to, I'm teaching, we've got to live from a substance and have the substance that's within us called faith, faith in who? Him, because we know who he is. We know who we are in him. We know his plans and his purposes. So all that creates such a certainty for me that I can say, you want to take my life? Take it. Because I already know where I'm going. In fact, I consider it an honor to die for him. These are men and women. They considered it a joy and an honor to die for him. And he asked us to die to ourselves, and we're like, oh, no way, man. You want to give me what? You want to give someone? No, I'm not giving you any of my money. No, well, you want me to serve? Oh, man, come on. They asked for a lot this place. <laughs> you want to get me there on time? Come on, man. What are you talking about? I just cruise in, chill out, sit at the bank, do my religious thing, and cruise off again. All good. God, they asked for a lot at that place. Man, their expectations are high. Momentary light affliction? (laughs) Can you see? Can you see the reality in which we have been called for? I mean, the gap, guys, the gap is... And yet it doesn't need to be. It really doesn't need to be. And so he says this for momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. What I'm going through, and he went through it for the church as well. This is what is so phenomenal about this man. He laid his life down for you and I. That's how much he loved the Lord and you and I, that his legacy still goes on today because of what he did. And who he was determined to be in Christ. And he's saying that these light afflictions is producing for us an eternal weight of glory. Far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen. But at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. There's something about persecution that drives you into God's presence, that creates in you a hunger for God, that activates God to reveal Him more of Himself. That's a funny dynamic, isn't it? See, my nature is wicked and it is evil. Left to its own devices, I'm not even here today because I can't be bothered because it's just all a bit too hard and I'll be living for me. Why would you want to give up a Saturday? Why would you want to give up a Saturday? (laughs) Why would you want to give up a Sunday morning when you get to sleep in? But... This guy's speaking of a realm and a reality. And what he's chewing on is producing something within him which enables him to go through horrendous persecution, say it's momentary light affliction, but it's producing in him something that enables him to see a realm that's not seen. And to live from that realm. The Bible says imitate. Well Paul said. I'm imitating Jesus. You guys imitate me. Do you realize that. Once again I'll say this. I believe the conviction I carry. Is that we are to be an apostolic church. Meaning. Not a name. Okay. So not we're the, we're the apostolic. In heart and mind and in demonstration. So we've said this before, you know, the fivefold giftings. We talk about we're not all called to teach, but we're all called to be teachers. We're not all called to pastor. We're not all pastors, sorry, but we're all called to be pastoral. We're not all evangelists, but we're called to evangelize. And we're not all prophets, but we're called to prophesy. 
We're not all apostles, but we... Anybody know what we're supposed to be with that one? Nah. We're called to be apostolic. What does it mean to be apostolic? Well, when you do a little study and you look at who the apostles were, and you look at their lives, and you look at what they demonstrated, and Paul says, you know what? Imitate me as I imitate the Christ, and he's apostolic. The Christ is an apostle. Paul is an apostle. Peter is an apostle. Moses is a type of apostle because he's a type of Christ. David is a type of, he's a prophet, but he's also an apostle. You look at those men's lives, and you come up with a scenario that says something like this. Apostles were sacrificial. I think I can find scripture that says something like this. If you love one another, you'll lay your life down for one another. You'll know them by their love, by the way they lie their lives down. That sounds sacrificial, doesn't it? Apostles were selfless. Deny your... Oh, is that for just apostles or for everybody? Apostles were set apart. And they were sent. Are we sent? Go into all the world. Have we been set apart? Consecrated unto the Lord, for I am calling forth a holy nation. So we, firstly, are to be apostolic here and here. We're to be the most sacrificial, selfless, set apart and sent people there are. Why do you think the apostle is the first gifting on the ranking? So 1 Corinthians 12, 28. First apostles, second prophets, third. Because it's defining an order in which the church is to live its life from. We are the people from another realm living on the earth. Are we from this planet? You were born on the planet, but are you anchored to the planet? We're not from, we're not supposed to be, even though we were born here, we're born of its seed, but we got saved, we got resurrected, we've had the new life come into us, so now we're living for a much higher order, a much higher calling. It's been anchored, cut, and planted, and oh, the kingdom come, your will be done. That's what it means, my kingdom coming in you, and being established within you, so now you think and act and live like I live. Jesus was the apostle. He was the high priest. His people will be apostolic. And apostolic people live by faith because they've received the faith. So these guys are all types of a church. Even though they were who they were, they're a type of people. And so he's saying, imitate me. You're not all apostles. Imitate what I, how I live. Imitate what I, how I think. Move as I move. Does this make sense? So there's got to be a serious work of the Spirit done, doesn't there? The sword of the Spirit, which is living and active, is to come and start going to work and do like a surgeon to create and shape and form the new person that already is new. That's a bit of a head trip, isn't it? So you're a new creation being made into a new creation. You are a son and you're being formed as a son. You are righteous. You're about to live lives of righteousness. As the Spirit of God, the Word of the Spirit goes to work and start to teach, reshape, reveal, renew. Now I find myself literally being selfless. I'm sacrificial. I place myself second and let others come. And I'm not talking about being a nice guy. Because you can practice all that and do all that and you're not what I'm talking about. You are sent. You're found because why? Because of faith. Because of a substance that you're now living from. And it's directing passions and decisions. And no longer are you late. You're on. You're, you're actually... I'm going to just say everything, and this is not to make people feel guilty, okay? It's just to say it as it is because it's the, are we about the Father's business? But, man, we're calling forth people to pray. 
calling, calling, urging, urging. I can't mandate it. And every week, there's a handful. A handful of people. And it's like, once this work starts to happen, you're found in what the Father loves. It's not to make us feel guilty. It's not to condemn us. Because I really don't want you to come if you're feeling that way because you're just fulfilling a religious thing. It's about seeking the source, having that revealed, so then you want to be present because when you turn up, you bring with you your peace. You don't sit there like, I wish I was somewhere else, which actually affects the spiritual climate in the house. Last Sunday, man, it was dead here. I'm just going to speak real openly. It was hard. I'm like, we had a funeral or what? I thought the All Blacks won this morning. It feels like a morgue and the walking dead are walking around going, get me out of here, Jack. I'm not talking about everybody. As a whole, there was something going on in the spirit and we, with what we bring, change what's happening. So when God sees faith, he's drawn to faith. When God sees unbelief and and cynicism and... He's drawn away. This is a dimension, and we're not just human beings. We're not just mere people. And he wants to interact with us. And when we all come, like Simon said, and we come, come into the house with praise and thanksgiving, when we come with faith and live from faith, God is drawn. Now you see things happen. We'll see people slain in the spirit. We'll see healings. We'll see people renewed. You'll receive fresh manna. There'll be activity, transformation. But while we remain and go, come on, God, come on, perform another miracle, skip through another hoop. Can you hear what I'm saying? Like Simon said, do we come to receive or do we come to give? And so Paul is painting this vision. The Bible paints of being an apostolic people who live by faith, selfless, sacrificial, set apart. And then sent. Do we see the unseen? Because we're called to. I had no vision, meaning prophetic sight of the bride of Christ, five and a half years ago. None. <laughs> Zip. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> it was in there. I read about it. I'd heard people teach about it. But I had no faith on it, no living conviction of it, so I didn't live according to it. I was living according to the conviction that I carried. God, open my eyes in the spirit. I pray the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. To see what is right in front of you that's for you and then receive and live according to what you've now received. And as you know, this changed this direction of this place and turned it upside down and we've walked through it. Some have gone, some got quite upset, some are still here coming into and God is starting to draw others too. Been a roller coaster. why but this is this is a mode of being for us to see what others can't see then to receive it and to live from it to hear things that others can't hear i'm not talking about bread he said Why are you talking about bread and what we're having for lunch? I'm talking about the teaching of the Pharisees. They couldn't hear what he was saying. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He spoke in whatever languages, was it? Aramaic. See, I can speak in English but can you hear the words of the Spirit? 
Not what I'm saying in English, the words of the Spirit. I'm going to talk about this tomorrow. The words in English are a clumsy way to try and describe a reality that's unseen. Now, I, you know, it's like we have to hear the words of the Spirit because all I've got is words. It's like, did you get that? <laughs> I'll do a jig to try and describe the reality. The bride. It's like charades. So I've got these words, and they just don't cut it. So you're thinking, oh my, I mean, how do I put this in a way that they don't think I'm nuts? And you give people the best opportunity to get some sort of understanding of what is living. And yet, this is what I find is fascinating. When someone who has been revealed by the Spirit, the thing that you're trying to communicate, they can stop you mid-sentence and say, I know what you're saying. And they will then reiterate back to you in their own words what you're trying to say. And you go, isn't that phenomenal? I think that's oneness in the Spirit. That's not conformity. That's oneness in the Spirit. Anything short of that is conformity. The oneness that we can find in him and one another when we speak this language of the Spirit taught in spiritual words, not in human wisdom. And the oneness it births and it brings of the Spirit, the connection is phenomenal. It's living manner. And we're dieting off. But trying to put this, because like it happened in Christ, it's happened here, it will continue to happen. Do you know what this fella's talking about? I'm not asking him. Are you going to ask him? I think he's talking about lunch. (laughs) So then they acted on what they thought they heard. There's outcomes to everything we hear. It's either to him or away from him, or we we stand in this paralyzed place. And it's, you know, faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. So this is what I've written down. These are my words, okay? So once again, just roll with me. There is a certain type of hearing that is required for a certain kind of faith to be produced. And this hearing requires a certain kind of word by a certain kind of speaking. Now, it's not fully speaking because, per se, the Holy Spirit speaks. So you can be with him and the Holy Spirit can do all what I've just said and that come alive. Okay? But if we are to live from this thing called faith, because Paul said, I live by faith, Now in the Son. The righteous shall live by faith. The top three things, faith, hope, and love. What is it? And I've described it in English. Let's go to Hebrews 11. So we've got the scripture to to back up everything I'm saying. Hebrews 11, 1 and 2. So I'm just going to go on what this says. It is. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the men of old gained approval. So he's talking about the men, the women of Hebrews 11. By faith, they gained approval. Abraham was made righteous, not because Jesus turned up and was sacrificed, and not because they had animals sacrificed. He was made righteous by his faith. That is cool, isn't it? The act of faith. God said, Abraham, you have a boy. Will you trust me with the boy? He heard the word and acted on the word. And it, it says in, and it's in James, it says that we are justified by faith and works. 
the combination of the receiving and then the acting out of what I've been asked to do. That's what we're made uh, justified by. And so he fulfilled what he was asked to do. He had faith in God to fulfill what he said. And it even says, even he knew if God was going to kill his boy, he would raise him up from the death. And that's how he lived his life. So these people, they find approval. And there's so much in, in there about those guys we haven't got time to go into. But faith is the assurance of things hopeful, the conviction of things not seen. Did Abraham see Christ before he passed away? Yes, he did. Did Isaiah? How can you see something before it is in the physical? Did Abraham see a city that was being built before it ever arrived and goes, oh, there's the city? Yes, he did. Can you see? It's like, it's like putting on these glasses and it's like, whoa. And it's like seeing things. Imagine having glasses that you could see an angel up there. You know there's been angels here? I haven't seen them. People have told me. I saw it. One, one guy said to me once when I was preaching, there was a massive angel behind you just standing there. I was like, really? Did he look angry or happy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that love off your head. <laughs> so there's in Christ, because faith again, what's faith? Faith is the conviction of things not seen. It's the conviction of things. I've got a conviction of something that it's not seen here, it's seen. Because the eyes of the Spirit see it, receive it, live from it. So it says, I'll read it out for you. Uh, okay, so Hebrews eleven thirteen. All these, all these people, died in faith without receiving the promises. But having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth, all these who, these people in Hebrews 11, died in faith without receiving the promises. Hold on. Abraham received the promise. He received Isaac as his son. He went and went into the land that he was promised. So what are these promises? Oh, these are these future promises. And then it says, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance. I've seen. I saw the, I've seen the bride of Christ. I've had the revelation of the bride of Christ. I saw the picture of it. He's revealed the whole thing in my heart. Not all the details about who's standing where and what she's going to wear, all that the living manner of it that shifted and shifted this place. And now we're on a completely different direction. Why? Because one day God reveals something he was showing me over 18 months and the direction shifted. Whether you've realized the magnitude or not, if you know me, you'll know the magnitude of the shift because all lost people needed to hear the, and know Jesus. They still do. But I was driving this place to that outcome, which I repented of. And he said to me, Greg, will you stop driving them to the lost and will you lead them to me? If you do that, you know what they're going to do, son? They'll reach lost people. You'll have a vibrant, lively people because I hold all the answers to life. I am the answer, the source of life, and I want to be in them more and more. So lead them to me. So that's what we've been doing. Why? Because then you start to see unseen things. Why? Because you're sitting with the Father and the Father's revealing the unseen. Because it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. Not from me, for me. And it's the glory of kings. Be a Mary. Talk. And let him reveal. But see, the proud heart is more interested in itself. The proud heart is more consumed with its own life. 
The proud heart still trying to control everything, figure it all out. I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to bring myself into this unseen reality. That has to die. That, has to, that, that cannot come with you into. It is completely opposite to the culture of the kingdom. And that's why we can be outside of it, wondering why we haven't entered into it. Because our operating system is dysfunctional. It doesn't work. It needs a rewiring. And so here we say these, these people, says, uh, having seen it from a distance, and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. From seeing a greater dimension, you confess you are an exile and a stranger on the planet you were born on. Not aliens. I have become peculiar. I no longer go to nightclubs and think it's cool. And all my friends can't figure out why I'm still not going like we all used to do. Now we do another we do another beat. It's called Praise the Lord. And they all think I'm nuts. And yet it's become, I used to think raising your hands was weird, man. I wouldn't have set foot in a place like this. You guys were all nutters that wore socks, cardi, sandals, funny clothing, stubby shorts, and they sing these weird songs, man. It's so white, it's not funny. And they rhythm to it, and they all put their hands in the air, and oh my goodness, are they brainwashed or what? And then something happened where I became one of them. And now I'm an exile. Now I'm a stranger. You see, from receiving, having faith that lives within you, that sees an unseen realm and receives greater manner, you realize this earth is fading away. You realize you were never born for this earth. You realize this earth is temporary. And I'm moving towards a home in the future. Ah, Let me just read this because this is what it actually says. For those, if I can see it, <laughs> for those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country. Sorry, I'll be slow down, Greg. I'm a bit excited about this. <laughs> for those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desired a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. See, if we can't see, we keep going back to the old. If we can't see, and we're not constantly moving forward, if we stay stagnant, you know what you do? You stink. <laughs> I didn't say that. That was that was you. That was Anne. But after a while, the old looks attractive again. The clubbing looks attractive again. It's not. It's lifeless and it's dead, but it starts looking. You even tell yourself, well, maybe there's a bit of life there. And you go there and everyone's moved on. You know, you're 40 and everyone's 20. And you feel like a pervert. <laughs> and you go, oh my goodness, in a few years my daughter will be here. What's going on? <laughs> Just for the record, I no longer attend the clubs. <laughs> go with my... <laughs> oh! <laughs> <sighs> Now, if I was a comedian, I would have come back like that with a flash. <laughs> I better work on my, my comedian skills. <laughs> but I want to read that again. For those who say such things make it clear that they are, seeking, they, they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have had an opportunity to return. But as it is, they desired a better country, that is a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. 
Hebrews 3 verse 1 says we have a heavenly calling. A revelation of the Father's love and a revelation of the future, I believe, are the two most empowering things to empower and enable us to lose our lives and lay them down. To know that you belong in you, to know that it doesn't matter how you act, that's not getting you kicked out the family. And then to see what he has for you as his children are the two most empowering attributes that have changed my life and have taken me from that scene to laying my life down in this scene. And it's anchored and it continues to bring life and nourishment as I continue to just spend time and see what's here through him revealing and to become literally like an alien and a stranger and it's really weird trying to live that out because God doesn't want us living in caves and he doesn't want us living away from people that he wants to reach what would be the point of that while at the same time you know once you're with people I don't know if you guys essentially feel a bit weird. You do feel like an alien. You, 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 conversations you want to have, there doesn't seem to be maybe an appetite for. Or it's very limited. And you're like, man, this is a bit bizarre. And this can be in the church as well. I shared before, you know, when I wanted to share with Danny years ago, there wasn't an appetite for it. It's afternoon wisdom when the pull it back and I needed to learn that because I was just like blah 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 and so there's this reality that we become set apart unto him I reckon his son probably was the loneliest person on the planet even though he was with his father father loved him what would it have been like to have that cut he says father where have you gone the connection, knowing that he had people say to him, I'll follow you, I'll go with you, I'll be with you in your death. And that's the message I'll speak at some point where he entreated and trust himself to man for he knew what was in each and every one of us. And he must have felt so different and yet he was able to be and demonstrate something. And this is who we're called to be by receiving and living from faith. So faith is the ability to see things that are unseen, receive them, and have them do a work in you that then enables you to live differently, think differently, Act differently, speak differently, have different priorities and purposes. And all of a sudden now you're no longer doing the will of the Simnors, but your whole family starts doing the will of the Lord. Why? Because of what's been seen, received, accepted, lived out. That's pretty cool, isn't it? I think it's awesome. And it's what's on offer. So this is the kind of faith. Faith comes from hearing, and hearing comes by the word of Christ. So however you do this, to me it's a circular circular thing. It is like that. But ultimately, and we're going to look at this hearing thing, We'll do about another 10 minutes and then I think this is going to take us throughout the night. Um, and then look at this, the word. Because there are words and then there's the word. That's a pretty trippy thing, isn't it? Do you realize that this is the word and this is living? That doesn't mean I'm in that and then speak forth a living word 
it's living doesn't mean that what how I bring it's living. And I can just bring words. So the words that I speak must be and come from the word that has been done within me. Does that make any sense? So I must speak from living testimony. Not the day that Jesus came into my life, but this is what he's revealed in me. So I just revealed living testimony of the bride of Christ. I know that's living. I know that's active. I know that's a living word, testimony that he's performed in here and that I'm speaking from a living place. What we need is ears to hear the living manna that just went out to grab it. This is all in the spirit, okay? And receive it because we're asking and we're hungry and there is a soil that's fertile to receive it. That's why some people look, we don't even hear it. Do you know what he said? I'm just, I'm not doing that today, just in general. Nah. Oh, he rambled on about something. And someone else can be like, it was that, 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 that. See, and we sh- there's all the biblical stories for this, which we're going to look at later on. Who can listen to this? These are disciples talking. Jewish converts. Because he wasn't speaking from a reference point that they knew. He was speaking from a reference point they did not know. And so their response was, who can listen to this rubbish? Let's leave them. Do you know we can do that? We can do that like that. Because we don't have the ability to hear or receive yet the word that's being spoken. So we hear what's being spoken through another system. And it gets all descrambled and messed up and it comes out in a printout and you go, Ugh! and you can be in fear of that. So I had one person say to me when I was visiting the groups, and this person said to me, what I have been hearing has made me feel small, unworthy, Uh, It's not for me, and I've been retreating away from what I've been hearing. And another person said, this is bringing me so much life. It's amazing. It's living manna. I'm feeding on it, and I'm changing. Both people in in this community. Is that... I'm just saying there's a reality at play. One's moving away feeling maybe ostracized and who knows, it could be like, oh, I'm see ya. I'm going to go somewhere else. And yet it's for. It's for us. While the other one is allowing it, hearing it. So there is an ability to hear. It comes from the Spirit. We are born again, born of the Spirit. The Spirit is to be in us, being for more, Christ in us for more. Why? So we can hear. It's a language unto itself. And yet, we use these words, and Paul is is writing words to try and depict a reality that he knows. And so we can see the picture. Okay, an alien. He lived as an alien. But do we have the life of an alien? Are you tracking with me? So we can read about living as an alien and, oh, yeah, okay, get that, get that. But has that become so living that it's in me that I'm living as an alien? I feel like an alien. I'm persecuted like an alien. I'm, 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 this, this has impacted my life. People around me don't understand the standard I'm now living for. The choices I make, they're different. I choose this over this. I choose his will over my will and my family's will. Yes, that's going to upset the number of people, but it's not about that. It's about pleasing the Father because the Father has spoken. Why? Because I have an ability to hear something that's changing me, which ultimately 
is building this faith. So the word of God, heard correctly, preached correctly by the spirit, just when I say preach, I just mean in this environment, heard it produces faith. Faith is the substance of a conviction of what I know. So talk about the bride from the word. Do we hear it in a way that creates a conviction because the Holy Spirit is going to take it and birth life in me? That might not happen tonight. It's possible to happen tonight. How hungry are we? How hungry do we come? Because the word is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It's going to do its thing. The seed goes out and it falls on the ground. And the seed has power in itself to produce fruit. It's dependent on what it falls on as to whether it produces fruit. So the kingdom is like a man that went out, threw out the seed, and went out to lie down. We have a good sleep. Wakes up. There's a harvest. How does that happen? Because the seed fell on good soil. What is the good soil? And if the seed goes out and it's received, then faith is produced and birthed. So this is not just here. And every time we gather, discipleship groups, prayer meetings, here. Once again, remember, as we come and we come with something and we come with hunger and thirst and with an appetite, he responds. And the spirit is drawn to the living word. Remember him saying to me, Greg, give me something to work with. Give me my word, what I've revealed in you, not your ideas or your theory or someone else's ideas and theory or the technical aspect of something because you've studied the Hebrew and the Greek, but it's not in you. I don't want that. I want living, living word, what I've revealed from that in you that you actually don't need notes for and just can speak of because it's here. You're not speaking from here. You're speaking from your spirit. And the spirit speaks a living word and it goes out. And then it looks for who's got a heart fertile to receive it. Not here again, here. This is what we do. We judge everything here. Does that match my reference point? Or maybe the reference point's wrong. Where did you get your reference point from? Some other guy in a book, and I believe that, that may or may not be the word, the living word. May, may not be. It's got to be in us if it wants to go to work and change us, yes. So we're going to wrap it there. Um, and it's dinner time. And then I'm just going to unpack. I'm going to go to scripture, this kind of hearing. What is this kind of word? Talk about the four elements to the word spoken. Jesus literally, God giving you a literal word. Speak, speak to the dry bones and his living scriptures. Um, and we'll just see where we go. Is that cool? So Father, just what we've shared, what you've put on our hearts, my heart, Lord, I just pray as, as we continue to wrestle with this and Lord, it's just coming out. So give us ears to hear it and a, and a structure and a framework, Lord, to, to receive it, Father. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that uh, we're going to hear it in the Spirit and we'll hear things for us as individuals and as a group. And so, Lord, just uh, just just teach us and reveal your Son in us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.